So Shannon Title, Oneness Hears, 2017, talk two or three, depending on how you count it. Everything evolves. We don't see the world as we did 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Chosen was showing me some pictures of her great-grandfather, who was a Christian evangelist. And in the 20s, about 100 years ago, there would be teams of evangelists who would travel around the country, and they would build big tabernacles and have revivals and have hundreds of people at them. And then came World War I, and then came the Depression, then came World War II, and all those horrors. And then came the era of the 60s and the materialism and the, the incredible materialistic advantages. And our culture has just shifted, 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 changed, changed, changed. From the fairly simple culture it was, relatively speaking, 100 years ago. That's true with us also. Our taste in food evolves, it changes. Our sophistication, the sophistication with which we communicate evolves. And our hearing evolves. Our hearing evolves and changes and develops. Becomes less superficial and more textured. And simpler to engage in, in a way. So when we're doing Dharma talks, uh, this talk is a sort of inclusive talk, trying to bring in the people who just walked in this morning, as well as the people who've been sitting here for a couple of days. But each Dharma talk is a successive evolution. So we take whatever we foundation was laid, and then we'll, we'll build on that. So we've been <clears throat> working with, with toning, like we did a little bit earlier, holding the mind and body on the single tone of Mu and using her Om, and using that for concentration, a place of curiosity, a place of aligning the body-mind, a place of opening the energy channels. And as we do this, as we turn our mind in that direction over and over again, it begins to turn our attention and intention away from all those blocks. It is quite possible that our negative habits can evolve, that our addictions become, become more refined, that the inner critic can become more detailed. Or what used to take a few minutes to denigrate, we learn to denigrate with just a shrug. So whatever we turn our attention to is going to evolve, is going to evolve, and if we are paying close attention to it, it will evolve and become in a way, larger, richer, more inclusive. It's true for negative things as well as positive things. In Sashin, we're evolving our character. We're evolving ourselves. We're evolving our understanding. We're evolving our sensitivity. We're evolving our resilience. And we're evolving, evolving the field of sound. So thus far, we have been evolving our mind's attention 
We're more concentrated, we're more present. Zendo has a greater stability than it did a couple days ago. But part of the evolution is we can't just concentrate on one thing. We have to also be inclusive in our concentration. There is always a field of sound. So right now, turn your attention to the field of sound. My voice is part of the field of sound. What else do you hear? To make this a little more effective, let's open the windows. Please open the bottom windows, three on each side. Be a little cold for a few minutes, but you know, it'll change. They're raising the windows as part of the field of sound. Walking. Coughing, joints popping, material rustling. Shuffling. Swallowing. Moving. What's the most subtle sound you can hear right now? It's the quietest, most subtle sound. don't have to recognize particular sounds. All we have to do is notice. Can you hear the ringing in your ears? Either the rough sound or the silvery sound. It's in your ears. auditory field is completely full with something. What does sound, what does silence sound like? How do you know there is silence? What is silence? Can we hear something we call silence? That's the case. It's not a nothing. When we turn our attention to the soundscape, we turn our attention to the auditory field, 
we can hear the bird and the rustling. We can hear the shuffling, the breathing, the voice. Our normal pattern is we hear something, we label it, oh, there's a bird a minute ago. We judge it, oh, I like birds. And then we either start saying, give me some more of those. Or we become indifferent to it and just say, yeah, so what? More, some sounds, we become averse to it. And when we do that pattern, when we say, oh, there was a nice bird again. I like birds. I wonder what kind of bird that was. Maybe I'll go get a bird book and figure it out. I need an auditory bird book. And by the time we've done that, we've missed the rustling in the room. We've missed the swallowing. We've missed the car that's coming down the road. The cracking of joints. The breeze in the trees. The more we judge, the more superficial our hearing is. The more we put things in boxes and evaluate them, the less we're actually listening to them. Normally, we dismiss the soundscape. Normally, we dismiss this whole field of awareness. But when we turn our attention to it, we see there's no movement in the zendo that's not heard. There is no activity that we are not sensitive to, the zindo. That our awareness, our hearing, and the movement of every person in the room are intimately connected. If we think of sound in little bite-sized, moment-by-moment, second-by-second chunks, as soon as we're evaluating one second, we have not paid attention to the next second or half paid attention to the next second. If we're evaluating the next second, we've half paid attention to that, half paid attention to the next second, half paid attention, half paid attention, half paid attention. So with Sashin, Part of our practice here is becoming alert to what is subtle, becoming alert to the richness and texture, even in a still room, especially when we're eating in a few minutes, to hear the soundscape, which means 
that we were practicing earlier using om or a tone, and we were practicing with one, one stream. But when we're hearing a soundscape, we hear many things all at once. They're all heard in the same place, in the same consciousness. So we have the ability to actually hold our attention directly on something small, like the sound of his voice, and simultaneously be aware of the, the soundscape, the background, the ambient noise. listen. Sounds on both sides of us coming in the individual windows are heard in exactly the same place. Even though the mind attributes it to different locations, the direct experience of where it's heard is right here. So now, can we hear our thoughts? We know what it's like to hear sound. Are thoughts sound? Sound, blah, 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 blah. When we're hearing our thoughts, what are we hearing? Are we hearing at all? Are we seeing our thoughts? Are we feeling our thoughts? We can't say that hearing thoughts is the same as hearing these birds or the rustling in the room. Does it bear any similarity at all? Thought has a structure usually. We think in some kind of sentence or fragmented sentences. It means that there are words. It means there are gaps between words. It means there's space. Means there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Thoughts are held in space. Where's the location of those thoughts? The one simple way of looking at this is hearing is hearing. And this whole process with thoughts is a different activity. The whole process with thoughts is not the same process as that which is hearing the sound of this voice in the room. We somehow conflate them. We confuse them. But hearing is hearing and thinking is thinking. And when we are completely, totally engaged in hearing moment by moment by moment, we actually don't need to be thinking. 
It's a different process. So as we continue with this session, please don't confuse those two. Listening, the way we're talking about it, the way we're using it, is about this direct sensory consciousness. It's also very interesting that sometimes we take these unreal thoughts, transient, ephemeral, can't find them, can't find a location. We take those are really, really important. You're a total failure. We hear something like that, or we hear the experience, or we, we're aware of something like that. We somehow give it a lot of weight when the reality of the shuffling in the room or the humming in our ears, or the sound of the voice is exigent, is present, is vivid. The 365 to 360 degree experience. A big experience is an ephemeral thought. Again, this session is about turning our attention to the sound consciousness, to sound, and turning our attention away from this confusing mishmash of impressions, most of which are just left over from things that have happened a long time ago or worries about things that might happen sometime in the future. And when we <coughs> turn our attention to the direct, vivid, immediate experience of hearing sound, making sound, right here, right now, then this present moment and all of the richness of this present moment also opens up. It's infinitely deep, infinitely wide. But we can't think ourselves into the infinite depths of this moment. We can only experience ourselves into it. So let's take it another level. Listen again to the sound in the room, voice, the rustling, whatever is coming in the windows. Now, if you're paying attention, you will notice that you hear differently, say, if you're in the cold air. You hear differently if you're in pain. You hear differently if you're numb. You hear differently if we're all crowded together. That the very act of hearing itself is always morphing. And the sounds that we're hearing are always morphing. And the sense of hearing is a dynamic, constantly changing, constantly evolving, deeply textured experience of 
inside and outside as one thing. The here and what is heard, not separate. So we could say that the trajectory of this particular practice is we start off with the chaos of the world, the chaos of all those sounds, half of which we block out. We gradually simplify our minds and simplify the sounds we listen to until actually we're able to hold our attention on one sound, one om, one being, one being present for that. Perhaps even we can hide ourselves in that om and, and take a step into the spaciousness. But then we begin coming back out, and we have om, and we become more and more inclusive. But we become, inclu- become inclusive in a different way. We become inclusive with awareness, with presence, with curiosity, with interest, instead of being at the mercy of sound. Sometimes there have been some interesting uh, experiences uh, people had. One one famous Chinese monk had an awakening experience, and he said, never again did sound bother me. Never again did sound bother me. Just flowed through. And part of what is involved there is if we are aware of sound, we're also aware of a background to sound. So if hold a hand up, the reason we're able to recognize a hand is because there is a visual field that is not the same color. But if the visual field were exactly the same color, we wouldn't recognize a hand. Same is true with this room. If the room were entirely the color of the walls, the floors and the cushions and the people, we wouldn't see anybody. We only were made to see differences. And what do we see? What's the difference that we see with sound? It's not contrasting sound with sound. It's sound is heard on a background of silence. Movement is perceived on a background of stillness. So to know the profound place of silence inside of yourself, to take our attention and to hone it down and to touch the profound silence that's in ourselves. And then, from that profound silence, we allow all the sounds of the world to be present. And silence and sound then become two sides of one thing. So this is a profound Profound practice, can be profound practice. It can be a practice that leads not only to a richness of experience, but also leads to the boundless nature that is below all experience. And, by the way, if we happen to listen well, we can communicate better too. 
can listen for, to learn things. We can listen to feel things. We can listen for lots of different ways, as you know. So we have our ordinary listening. We have the, the inclusive listening. We have the single listening. We have the ground of being listening. All these levels are present. And what are they present in? Listen. not found anywhere else, somewhere else. They're found in our ability with great awareness to listen, listen, listen more and more intimately. Some of you who have been to Dan's retreat, he talks about intensity. And the way he defines intensity is like if you're in an art gallery and you want to look at something with more intensity, you move up closer and closer to it. The same is true here with sound. We move in closer and closer to it, closer and closer. We listen more and more carefully. Until we see what's already there. As we hear, there's another teaching called the Five Buddha Eyes. We can also hear with the five Buddha ears, so to speak. We hear our ordinary consciousness, as we've always heard. And then we actually begin paying attention to the specifics. We hear somebody walking. We hear how the door is being closed. We hear the flavor, the, ta- the, the, the sensation of the Oriyoki meal. And then the next place we hear is we begin to hear the emotional undercurrent. What's the emotion? What's the state of mind of these walking, of these chopsticks, of these bowls, of these doors? And then, if we're listening even more closely, we begin hearing the substratum of existence. And then, if we're listening more closely, we begin hearing the all-inclusive nature of all things. It's all right here. It's all right here. And the only attribute that anybody needs to discover the mystery is the ability to hear. Not the ability to hear perfectly, but the ability to hear for this particular kind of practice. And every single person here, every single person in this room, hears. Every single person in this room is completely and totally adequate, well endowed with the capacity for great awakening, for seeing these different levels and then functioning from them.
So please don't doubt yourself. Please do not doubt your capacity. All we need to do is to pay more and more attention. So I'm going to suggest that for this next uh, period till the afternoon, that you practice holding a wide awareness. That you practice holding awareness of everything that's going on simultaneously. It's a good practice for meals. And that you not cling, clutch. Somebody drops some chopsticks and immediately the mind goes to there and makes a judgment or comment about it. Cough, immediately it's gone. Chopsticks drop, immediately it's gone. You hear it, let it go. Hear it, let it go. And do that with the largest mind possible. And if you get bored, do it with the subtlest mind possible. And if you get bored, do it with the emptiest mind possible. You lose enthusiasm, hear the ringing and the silence. They're not a sound that's always pre present everywhere. Many layers of this. But just start off with the biggest awareness you have on a hearing with a hearing sense, the sense consciousness. And then we'll see how things unfold. Everything will evolve. And with intention and with attention, it will evolve towards awakening.